1: Landing page optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash.
2: Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. This is your host, Tim Ash, and today I'm thrilled to have uh, my next guest with me in our series of Thought Leader interviews. Now, Patrick Boltima is a very accomplished Renaissance man, as well as a good friend of mine. He just recently did the other keynote at the Washington, D.C. Conversion Conference, and we'll be reprising that in London in uh, early November, uh, Patrick is a very experienced entrepreneur who's uh, started and been the CEO of four companies. He's also dabbled on the venture capital side and uh, I think uh, I believe you were an underachiever who also went to Princeton as I recall. Is that right, Patrick? Yeah,
3: that's right, Tim thanks for thanks for having me here today.
2: <laughs> Absolutely welcome to the show.
3: Thanks again. Um,
2: now you have a a, a a very broad background, so today I thought we could touch a little bit on on some of the things that you discussed in, in your keynote, which is in a sense what's what's old is new or what's new is old, and uh, basically let's talk about marketing and online persuasion from the kind of long view and how it fits into other advertising and marketing and that's come before it and, and you know what makes it unique. So.
3: Um, I mean, draw that larger arc for us. Um, where did we come from? Yeah, Tim. I think one of the the recent insights. I mean, I'm really intrigued by the the research and and uh, insights that are coming right now from from neuroscience. And you know, the picture that's emerging is that you know we've got to engage at a more human level and. And there's an interesting dynamic of how the kind of brain functions, but I think it is one of the challenges in the online space because we know that people make decisions and are moved to make marketing decisions in particularly when we engage at more of that kind of intuitive, emotional um, level. And that's one of the real challenges in the online marketing space and that I, I think all of us have to kind of face up to to be as effective in the whole business of conversion on websites as possible.
2: Okay, so to to kind of uh, frame it a little more broadly, I mean, it's really not about the technology. It's about understanding how our brains function um, when we put it in the context of the web.
3: Absolutely. The the, the, The brains are still the same. Exactly. That's exactly right. So we still, you know, have this kind of an instantaneous kind of gut reaction to things And, and again, that's something that has to be figured in because the old brain does this kind of quick pattern match and makes an instantaneous kind of decision if, you know, we're attracted or repelled, repelled. And then there's kind of emotional processing that kicks in and and really decisions get made there. And it's reason that just then provides interpretation to those decisions. That's that's really a challenge in the web space because, you know, we tend to think it's about the technology and a presentation of rational, persuasive information. But that's not really how we make decisions as human beings. Wait, what? People aren't rational? What? Well, you are, Tim. But, you know, (laughs) normal people
2: aren't. Well, no one's ever accused me of being normal, so I guess that's great. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, so so basically, we we have three types of brains, and and uh, you know the brain has evolved. It's been one Band-Aid after another. There's the part that keeps our our heart beating and us breathing, even when we're asleep. There's the other part that you know has the emotional fight or flight kind of stuff, and then like you say, the the rational brains are re, uh, recent bolt on. And I mean, it's it's been shown to have a little bit of survival value but uh, not too much as far as I can tell so most of it's still happening on the emotional level
3: that's right and it doesn't mean that it's irrational because what happens is that this whole collection of experiences essentially gets stored in emotion it's a very efficient way that we understand what decisions serve us well and which ones don't but that's not a rational process of collecting that that's something that's lived life experience that gets stored and it turns out that it actually helps us make optimal decisions. So, you know, just because it's not an a absolutely rational process, you know, it's kind of been this historical bias that if we just purely used reason, everything would be better. It turns out it's not true. Yeah. Uh, but it's really the storing up of decisions that gets kind of embodied in emotion. So intuition and emotion are incredibly powerful and it turns out very effective.
2: Yeah, and so one of the things that we know also from uh, studying the brain is that when memories get formed, uh, the ones that kind of stick around longest, and by the way, none of them are accurate and they change over time and giving all those disclaimers, but one of the things we know is that they have to be have a strong emotional component and ideally kind of a multi-sensory aspect to them, so hitting smell, taste, touch, and as well as strong Kind of emotional charge, positive or negative. That's what helps kind of build them into the brain as, as long-term
3: memories. Absolutely right. Yeah. If if you have some piece of information, but there's not some personal escalation, some emotion, or some other senses, you know, we don't tend to kind of keep those memories very effectively. And again, coming back to the the world of the internet, the challenge is that it's not a very Rich emotional experience and and so it's hard to create something that's memorable in the online customer experience and it's really challenging to kind of have this multi multi sensory engage at the level of intuition emotion kind of experience that moves people to decision.
2: Okay, so how has, um, you know, we we came from at least most of the 20th century, uh, a mass media culture now, uh, and and I think all first attempts at new media, you try to kind of use the old media for new media. How has mass media been kind of misapplied to the web? Do you see any vestiges of that still in, in
3: terms of how we try to persuade online? Yeah, absolutely, and I think, I mean, it's a great question, and, and, and I think that, you know, up to this point, we've tended to use kind of TV, and particularly the TV commercial, to be this way to somehow make a more human-style connection when we can't get face-to-face. The, the, the challenge with that is the nature of human behavior in the online context is very different, fundamentally different than TV. When we're watching TV, we're consuming a broadcast, uh, it's in, it's all kind of flowing our direction and, and we may interact with it at an emotional level. But, you know, again, look at the typical teenager and, you know, it's hard to believe there's much neurological activity going on when they're sitting in front of a TV. <laughs> when you look at, you know, when you look at somebody on a Web session, it's incredibly activated. I mean, it's so highly activated that, you know, what has been this kind of old media approach that, that we kind of, to your point, naturally default to, which is, oh, let's just try and broadcast a message. Let's broadcast a video. It really is a mismatch for the behavioral context of what's going on. Because as okay. humans, we end up highly inter- highly activated in this highly interactive state when we go online. So the okay, challenge so, so- is you've got to connect at that intuitive emotional level, but we also have to respect this highly activated state that, you know people are in real human beings are in when they're online
2: okay so no couch potatoes just sitting there vegging out Uh, we're actively controlling our experience we're sifting through information we're in charge of things on the web we're going to pick up on this theme when we come back from our commercial break and also patrick uh, i want to find out about this uh Suicidal bike trips that you take uh, climbing the hills in Colorado. I, I saw a picture one time that you've posted on Facebook where you're inches from a sheer drop-off of hundreds of feet. So we're gonna find out about your, your risk-taking behavior there, buddy, after okay. this break. Uh, this uh-huh. is Tim Asher, host for LPO landing page optimization.
1: More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment.
0: Our clients have earned over one billion dollars. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at
2: ClickBank.com. at
4: Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search. Plus, the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Rock the
5: world with LinkedIn. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back.
2: This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, talking this week with Patrick Bultem of Code Baby. Uh, now, Patrick, uh, I, triathlon in your 50s?
3: That's, that's yeah. Well, great. I guess Tim was- you know, that big punch. Yeah, either a, either a lack of better sense or, but you know, the truth be known, I, I, I do have to admit, I mean, maybe it's why I'm a startup guy, but I am a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. So yeah, I I enjoy cycling, and my wife is you know kind of on me to you know hit the brakes a little bit uh, more. I love cycling in the Rockies in, in Colorado, which is both the you know the kind of agonizing grind of the of the climb, but then the thrill of the you know 40, 50, 60 mile an hour um, downhills. Um, well, for but me, the I also thrill detect- would be in the kind
2: of the uh, hot tub afterwards, I think. Yeah,
3: <laughs> hopefully the hot tub and not the uh, you know emergency room to deal with the road rash.
2: exactly well now we're getting into the to the area of too much information but no I I commend you my wife's always trying to get me to get off my butt and uh, you know being a ballerina she really doesn't really have a lot of uh, respect for the uh, honey I'm just genetically
3: predisposed to put on weight
2: arguments (laughs)
3: well Well, I understand uh, I understand that but yeah I I actually do triathlons with my uh, with my older kids now which is really a fun thing so we Train together and compete together, and I like the blend of, of swimming and and cycling and running.
2: Now I understand you have seven kids. Uh, I think th- uh, four are your own biological kids, and three you've adopted
3: recently, relatively recently from China. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So we have uh, four kids that are 29 to 23, and then three little girls, 13, 11, and six, all adopted from China, separate adoptions. And my wife delivers babies. It's, you know, she's in the OBGYN business, so. You know, we, we are thoroughly involved in the business of reproduction. Uh, do you get any kind of volume discounts? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should. You know, it's, you know sometimes I'll have people say, you know, so you guys do know where babies come from. And given the fact that my wife's, you know, an OBGYN, it's fairly hard to kind of miss that point. Okay, well, just check in there, big guy. You're definitely a reader.
2: All right, well, back to our conversation. One of the things that we were touching on is, okay, so, you know, the the old 20th century innovations were all about improving means of broadcasting. But now we have an interactive uh, experience on the web. Uh, well, not only are people more in control of it, but also it creates opportunities for more intimacy, more customization, more segmentation.
3: Um, so how is the internet different than broadcast media? Well, it's, I mean, it's again fundamentally different because there's always more information one click away. And it prompts us into this kind of behavior of, uh, you know, I use this analogy, it's kind of similar to being shopping in the kind of greeting card aisle where, you know, you're just quickly looking at a card and making a very quick decision on if it's appropriate or not appropriate. I mean, it's a very, very activated state when we're in, in that kind of form of shopping. And I think that it's something very analogous um, online where you know, we're, we're reading, clicking, looking. I mean, we're consuming, moving quickly. We've been conditioned, the context creates it, and, and whether we like it or not, that's the nature of human behavior online.
2: Okay, so basically what we're doing is we're scanning, we're hunting, and in a world of infinite information, we're not going to focus a lot on any particular
3: item because we have infinite choice. Yeah, so you have to respect that highly activated you – know, so you again, you can't just broadcast at that point. You have to respect that highly activated um, state that a human, a real human being is in on the other side of that mouse clicking away – but, you, but, but to get them to actually make a decision, pause, engage, take the action you want, in that highly activated context, you've got to engage the whole human. Well, you know, and so I've been hearing
2: a lot lately, it's like, well, video is the next savior for interline, uh, internet conversion improvement. And should we just have a giant video player with a play button on top of it? Uh, I mean, in a way, that's kind of a throwback to the broadcast days. Just because we have the bandwidth to do video, uh, video isn't necessarily the right the way to convey the message,
3: is it? No, I think it's video has some challenges partly because I think partly we get suckered into thinking that video is broadcast and maybe it's possible to do video where it's not so much broadcasting character but the nature of the media also makes it challenging to make it more interactive so overwhelmingly what we see on websites now that use video is broadcast and I think there are places where that's appropriate so for example if I say show me a testimonial from somebody or show me more information Then I think a little more of a streaming kind of broadcast style use of video on a website is appropriate and effective. But if I'm showing up at this site and there's some kind of annoying, you know, just video that's kind of blathering on at me when I'm really in this highly activated state, I think it not only does not get positive results, but it's actually negative because it really violates my sense of appropriateness for how you should interact with me when I'm at that point on a web experience
2: in other words I expect to get some love some personal attention it's not an anonymous experience you know who I am you know where I'm coming from you know my browser resolution and my probably can geo target me you probably know a lot of things if you've cookied me or it's my return visit so why not personalize that experience
3: yeah I think personalization is one really important um, you know element and I you know Tim I've I've, you know, said before, I mean, I'm a, uh, as you know, I'm an avid reader and my wife kind of jokes, I need to join a 12 step uh, program for my amazon.com habit. You know, (laughs) the interesting thing is, again, I'm a very loyal Amazon customer and, uh, and yet I've never actually talked to somebody from Amazon, but I have a sense that they're kind of like on to me. They know me because the book recommendations, all of this stuff that they've kind of stored up in personalization Creates a much more interactive context where I feel like I'm being known, respected. Um, you know, it's a safe, known place for me, and it's it's a satisfying place for me to go.
2: Okay. Well. Well. Yeah. So you know, how are I mean, you're doing some very unique work at at Code Baby um, with assisted conversations, and uh, you came out of the – or the the origin of the company was in kind of the online gaming space, and we know a lot about – modifying people's behavior and getting the response we want out of them in the context of you know video games and interactive immersive experiences. Talk a little bit about uh, kind of the premise of Code Baby and how it was started and how it kind of fits
3: into this whole scheme of persuasion we're talking about. Yeah, no, thanks. We're We recognize that we've got to change the dynamic of interaction on websites, that we've got to engage that more kind of whole human in this highly activated context. And so we're using, there's a couple of, Of core innovations that we apply, Um, one is we're using that animated, a fully animated digital character, because we know from again this legacy in the game space the power that digital characters have to actually um, evoke a human style of connection. And so, you know, again, it's not about having cute avatars on websites. It's that it creates a different dynamic of engagement when a human being hits, hits a site. That's one. So, thing. No, so
2: not build a paperclip.
3: We're not talking. No, about I mean, the, the, the paperclip, paperclip. is Got kind it. of the bane of our existence. And really for <laughs> two, two reasons. I mean, Not only was it annoying, I mean, it popped up when you just didn't want it. It had no real sense of intelligence about where it popped up. And then it's connected me to the same crappy help system I never wanted to use in the first place. So we're applying then this conversation model where we're saying, okay, what are these points of predictable emotional escalation? What are these key points in the online customer experience? And then we're applying this conversational engagement model where the kind of key tenets of the conversation are... That it's got to be personally engaging, so we're seeking to understand who's the persona of who's coming, and how can we make the style of engagement as as kind of effective as possible. And then what's the emotional dynamic that's going on, and how can we apply basic principles of emotional intelligence in the same way that you naturally would in a human face-to-face conversation – And then finally, highly interactive, but with the idea that it's not just back and forth, but it really drives to a decision. It drives to an action. It drives to an outcome. And ultimately, those are the conversion behaviors that we all you know, so desperately are seeking to get.
2: Okay, well, let's explore that after the break a little bit. Uh, This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and we'll be right back after
4: a word from our sponsors.
1: More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment.
4: If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com.
5: Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCredit.com. Brought to you by EngineReady. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines.
0: What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher?
5: Sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOFox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks.
0: So you think you're pretty sly with that SEOFox link building report.
5: (laughs) Sly like a fox.
0: Get your link building report today at SEOFox.com. That's SEOFox.com.
1: Ecom experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
2: And we're back. This is the final segment of my conversation with Patrick Boltzmann. Patrick, we, we were talking about kind of this... Uh, interactive conversational style of engaging with people on the web. So as a practical matter, if I can kind of just lay this out, see if I get this right, there's an interactive character. They can deliver a short uh, snippet of text, which is synchronized with their movements. And then they give you a little kind of dialogue box with three or four uh, you know choices of what to do next, so you kind of control the conversation if you will, and that can jump you to another page there 's another set of choices there, another uh, snippet
3: of uh, you know the character talking that that can happen um, is that right that 's exactly right tim and and again, those we 've identified what are the most common types of conversations that you want to have to advance again the conversion behaviors on on websites and so for example, you know, oftentimes we're doing what we call a call-to-click conversation, and so the digital character comes up and says, "Hey, um, glad you're interested in such and such. Let me get you the special offer. Click here, or maybe, um, but if that's you know, if you're not quite ready to do that, then click the secondary action. I'll provide you more um, information. But it's it's this conversational style of interaction. So it's it's voice, it's animation." And it's this kind of dialog box as well as integration to the website to really drive the kind of behavioral outcomes you want to get.
2: Okay. Now, one of the interesting uses of this that I uh, that I can appreciate is a lot of us work with large websites. They're legacy websites. They're, you know, they're creaky and old, and they can't be changed, and they're really, really poorly laid out. And to get to helpful information, you often have to navigate through three or four unintuitive Uh, pages and hopefully not get lost along the way so one of the things the that your avatars can do is they can actually jump you to another part of the site in response to a question and kind of like wormhole as you put it over there tell
3: us about that exactly yeah we call it a wormhole navigation conversation and you know many times and again for various reasons you know, the nature of websites hasn't changed much in the last 15 years. Oftentimes, it's this kind of hierarchy of kind of complex navigation from, you know, all of these kind of loosely related um, pages. And yet, you may know that when somebody comes to my site, 80% of folks want to go one of five places. Well, you know, we can actually create this conversation that says, hey, you know, glad you're here. Here's the kind of five most common places. Can I take you right to one of those? And so, for example, we have one city that... Uh, you know, one of the common things is people just need to get to where they pay their parking tickets. And, and so we've got the five most common places that somebody goes when they get to the website and we'll get you right there. And what, what happens is much higher success rate of people actually getting to where they need to be and then completing whatever the outcome is, you know, when they, when they get to that page, when the the conversation's there.
2: So basically you're kind of overriding or overlaying the bad uh, information architecture organization of the site and giving people shortcuts to the stuff that they they really want to get to in most cases.
3: Yeah, and we really do take this approach of being an overlay onto the site because we know that, you know, there's so much legacy in how websites are done today that it's unrealistic for us to expect that somebody's going to do a complete forklift upgrade of the site and so we're just creating this kind of new dynamic that's this overlay that really drives the, the results
2: okay so you have your backed up uh, freeways like we do in California and you just opened up an HOV lane express lane to the right place
3: exactly and the nature of the way our technology works is we can have you know for very very quickly at very little cost, we can have one of those conversations up, live, functioning on somebody's website, literally within a matter of days. And it's all subscription-based, so it ends up being you know, not only compelling results, but fast and at really compelling price points.
2: Okay, so let's talk about another possible use of this. I know that a lot of times uh, people are hesitant to do something because they have some kind of emotional reservations or the information being asked for is sensitive or personal. So you know, if somebody kind of helps you through that and holds your hand and literally a little person helps walk you through that, have you found that that can help uh,
3: increase success rates with asking for sensitive information? Yeah, absolutely, Tim. I mean, it's really interesting because when you look at the nature of how we interact with customers on websites today, usually at these absolute key points, you know, when we're asking for the customer to kind of take action and give us information, I mean, what do we do? We present a form. I mean, it's like the least engaging thing you could possibly imagine. (laughs) And sometimes we're asking for information on that form that's either a bit confusing, somebody's not really clear what it is. But oftentimes it's like personally sensitive information. And what we've found is we can dramatically increase completion form completion rates, um, particularly when there's personal kind of sensitive information. I mean, it's not uncommon for us to see 300, 400 percent increase in being able to get that kind of key personal information when that engaging conversation is there, that's both hand-holding, but also just warming up the experience.
2: Okay, so um, you know basically what what I hear you saying is, I mean, this is very different than than video. It's very different than you know, kind of dumb avatars. It's also not the same as a video spokesperson, which which can be effective, but it's it's just a one-time kind of script uh, on the landing page. Um, so I'm gonna let you brag a little bit. So how common are these kind of two, three hundred percent? Conversion
3: increases. Tim, over over and over again. What we've found is as long as we focus on these places of emotional escalation and apply these kind of principles of a of a good conversation, obviously modified for this for this digital context, but over and over again we're seeing two, three, four. We have one customer that's had a seven hundred percent increase in sales on split test. Um, when the when the character is there so we are seeing that consistently and we know that it's not it's really about this human dynamic that we create that's the, the key thing it's not another flashy thing it's not another little flashy content element in kind of the same old approach to websites we represent this new dynamic of interaction that transforms the, the, the human quality of what happens on websites
2: Okay, fantastic. Well, Patrick, this is, I know you, my friend, that we could probably go on for hours, and I'd love to have you back at some point, but I'm afraid we're we're running short on time here. Uh, if people want to reach you or find out more about Code Baby, are you guys going to be at any upcoming events or shows? Uh, well, us.
3: of course, we're going to be at the uh, Conversion Conference in London here in a little bit and look forward to being there with you, Tim. And of course, we can always be found at www.codebaby.com.
2: Fantastic. Well, thanks again, my friend, and uh, that brings us to a wrap on another session of LPO, Landing Page Optimization.